0: Hi everybody, I'm Dustin.
1: I'm Anna. And we are not qualified to investigate the paranormal, but we might be more qualified than...
0: Hans Christian Andersen. <laughs>
1: nice.
0: I got, I worked it in there.
1: Thank you so much. I was hoping you would give us some of that accent
0: of yours. That's the last of my attempt at a Danish accent, An- you hear?
1: Impressions.
0: Yes. Okay, hi everybody and welcome back. Tonight is a special one. We are on location. Yeah. Recording on location in Copenhagen, Denmark. Copenhagen. Oh, the that how are you supposed to say No, I'm, it's Copenhagen. The, the stewardess <laughs> really? on the flight kept saying Copenhagen. She did, and then I, I asked, I didn't ask a Danish
1: person, I asked a Swedish person who lives just across the water, who said Copenhagen if you speak English, like... Don't even insult us (laughs) trying to say it any other way.
0: Fair enough. enough. So I'm just going to go ahead and say (laughs) Copenhagen in that case. So we are in Copenhagen and we decided to try to find some paranormal areas or stories within Copenhagen. And that ended up being an incredibly difficult task. And I will get into that a little bit more as we go along. Because the theme of this episode is actually kind of the lack of paranormal anything. Yeah. But I was able to find one story, and we actually, we went on a horrendous bike ride today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was not horrendous. We survived. There were no accidents or falls.
0: Everybody's alive. Copenhagen is a very big biking city, for those of you who don't know. It's pretty amazing the infrastructure they have here. However, I will say that if you are not a part of a tour, or you do not live here full time, don't rent bikes. (laughs) Unless you're like an expert bike driver and you studied the maps, like just, I don't know. It, it's very, it's it's almost as dangerous as driving a car around here. It really is. We did see one person have an accident that was right in front of me and I had to kind of like swerve around.
1: Oh, yeah. She was that. clearly renting bikes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She couldn't quite get off that curb. But anyway. Yeah.
1: it's It got really great infrastructure for bikes. The bike lanes are... <laughs> amazing everywhere wide smooth but there are thousands upon thousands of bikers and yep. cars and pedestrians and some construction going on and there are sometimes demonstrations and marches in the
0: streets. so there's a lot a lot
1: to maneuver around for it's sure a,
0: it's a multicultural city as well so you know danish is obviously the main language here but very close second is english yeah
1: None, none of the signs are in
0: english though yeah most people here speak english to some extent even the tourists who are here who are not danish or necessarily from an english-speaking country i've noticed i've been speaking english to communicate with the danish people
1: yeah people say hi
0: danish seems like a very complicated <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't know i
0: i i think i asked somebody today i we i ordered a s'mores board which is i know that is exactly not how you say it uh, when I asked the lady behind the counter, I was like, "Is that is that right? And am I pronouncing this correctly?" She goes, "I don't know. I'm not Danish." <laughs> <laughs> so the woman working behind the counter was not Danish, uh, but she did say, "Like, oh yeah, it, you know." It, she kind of gave me an idea of what it's, but she's like, "But I'm not Danish, so I'm not quite sure if that's 100 percent right." Mm-hmm. We are in the heart of Denmark. Uh, we're in Copenhagen, Hagen, Copenhagen, Hagen, and I'm going to tell you a paranormal story based specifically. Copenhagen then we're gonna go into some of the mythological creatures that the Danes have so excited then we're going to talk about some of the other haunted places within Denmark in general but this is all going to basically prime us I guess or or get us ready to discuss why there is such a lack of things paranormal or at least modern-day paranormal evidence of anything happening Specifically in Copenhagen, but really around Denmark.
1: You're saying there isn't really like a culture of paranormal investigating in the way that we see it in the States.
0: There are amateur paranormal investigators. I think there are shows as well. There's no proof. And, and get into that.
1: <laughs> Do we have proof in any of the...
0: <laughs> Let's jump into the story okay. and we'll talk about the haunted places yeah. and I will tell you about proof. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm talking Does
1: anyone about have proof?
0: proof? Okay. So I'm ready to tell you this first story. Tell me a story. This one is called The Devil is Loose on Salmon Street. In the heart of Copenhagen, nestled within the narrow confines of Salmon Street, in 1826, a normally peaceful neighborhood was about to become the center of an extraordinary and eerie tale. On Salmon Street, also known as Loxicad, number 210 stood a silent witness to the bizarre events that were soon to unfold. One chilly evening, at the outset of September, the peaceful existence of Salmon Street was shattered. A cacophony of terrified shouts echoed through the night as the residents of Number 210 fled their homes in utter panic. It was as though they were escaping some invisible terror that had descended upon them. From the safety of the street, the bewildered residents watched their own home transform into a state of absolute chaos. Passersby soon joined the astonished crowd, drawn by the tales of mayhem that had already begun to spread like wildfire throughout Copenhagen. As they peered at the building, witnesses described an inexplicable spectacle, windows shattered into thousands of glittering fragments. Potatoes, cutlery, and firewood launched through the air as if propelled by a colossal unseen force. The night was filled with bursts of eerie laughter, accompanied by profane swearing and curses that emanated from the house. Some even claim to have glimpsed menacing red eyes glaring from behind the shattered windows, and eerie growls that seemed to echo like those of a wild beast. Fearing the turmoil might escalate further, the authorities soon stepped in. Police officers were dispatched to stake out the house in hopes of apprehending the culprits responsible for the bizarre display of destruction. However, the source of the disturbance provided elusive. As the days passed and the chaos continued, Public concern grew. On the 15th of September, a public statement was issued and widely circulated in major newspapers. It sought to downplay the commotion on Laxagad 210. (laughs) Again, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. Dismissing it as an overblown exaggeration, the statement acknowledged that the window had indeed been broken, but it insisted that this was the extent of the disturbance. Yet, inexplicable events continued to unfold within the house eluding the grasp of the law. The residence incident generated a frenzy of rumors that quickly spread throughout Copenhagen. Some were ominous, attributing the events to an elderly woman who believed she had accidentally summoned the evil one while consulting her C-Y-P-R-I-A-N-U-S. There you go. Cyprianus. It's a notorious Danish book of magic and superstition. (laughs) Others, however, were downright absurd, such as the discovery of a note found inside a potato, supposedly written by the (laughs) devil himself, announcing his departure to visit market in the nearby city of Rooksgund. Beware the potato note. When the devil sends you a note, okay, it's not just like he's going to write it on a piece of paper (laughs) and send it through the postal service, (laughs) like a fucking potato is going to come through your window.
1: What are we talking about? Okay, so it's not just like you're eating dinner and you... Sliced into a potato and there's a note inside.
0: You know what? If the person who was supposed to receive it missed it, it maybe it like made its way into the supply chain. Uh-huh. And now like, you bake the potato <laughs> and you're cutting into it and there's a note from the devil. It's not for you, but you don't <laughs> know that. You're like, oh, shit. Like, it's like, I'm coming for your soul. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. this was the potato that flew out the window. Remember how I said before? Potatoes are flying out of the window. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, like makes sense because, as we've seen, potatoes are a huge staple. Oh my god! Of the
1: yeah, so I've <laughs> eaten so so much potato. Yeah, me
0: steak. too. <laughs> I We've been to High Island. Island. We've been to a lot yeah, of different places. Yeah. And never in my mind was I like, oh, Copenhagen's the potato capital of the world. It sure is though.
1: We had potatoes prepared two different ways with
0: our dinner tonight. We did.
1: It just came with it,
0: and they were amazing. Yeah. Don't get us wrong; they were so they, good. They did it right, but yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyway, so the devil in Copenhagen, if he wants to send you a message, he's doing it through a fucking potato. He knows how to get your attention. He does. The tale of the residents continued to capture the imagination of the Danish people for generations to come. Plays, satires, and books made countless references to the events, as well as the public's reactions and speculations. Most notably, it birthed the enduring catchphrase, The Devil Was Loose in Salmon Street, a saying that has persisted through time, though the exact details of the residents' disturbance have faded into obscurity. And that is the story of the devil being loose on Salmon Street. Thoughts?
1: Fascinating. I have, I'm just imagining just an explosion out of a window of a house potatoes, silverware, spooky voices, red eyes, and then a woman, not from the same house, but in the neighborhood, was like, oh, I might have done that with my book. Okay.
0: Next door. And this is, so I've read several accounts of this. They all kind of differ a little bit, but the, the gist of it is people are sitting down to a dinner of what I suppose is potatoes. Or includes potatoes, yeah. It definitely includes potatoes. It might uh-huh. It's a nice place. Uh-huh. Uh, we drove by there on our bikes today. Uh-huh. It's the place we stopped. Was it the whole building, or? The whole building. Okay. Is, it's wow. a newer building. Uh-huh. I think they I don't know if they destroyed it. I have to look it up. Yeah. They were sitting down to their dinner of potatoes. Very nice peaceful evening on this very peaceful street. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden all hell broke was there like let's get the hell out of here. These yeah. were flying around yeah. their house so they jumped out. And that's when all of a sudden their furniture started flying out of the window, including those potatoes that they were trying to eat with a note from Satan. This apparently was an international incident as newspapers from all over the world started coming in to see cuz it happened for weeks. It was right. going on for weeks. It, oh, it just kept happening. It just kept ha- like People were just standing on the street. People came to watch it.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And so one of the stories is that one of the men tried to go in there to see, like, oh, he was like, oh, it's a prankster or it's a, it's a thief or it's somebody. It's the vandal. So he ran in there, and that's when he saw red eyes. Oh, mm-hmm. and then they ran out. So police were investigating. They couldn't figure anything out. But there was a woman who lived two houses down who was fabled to have been a modern-day witch mm-hmm. in the 1800s. Of course, it's always a witch, always a woman with uh, a book. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's got to be a woman with a book. Oh, yeah. How dare, learned, how dare she learned be learned women. literate to enter If you are it. making a potato for your husband, you're... You're with enough spells in there. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, but it's so dangerous for women woman to be literate. And and I think one of the stories said that she was um, sentenced, trialed, and hung. Oh. Yeah. Now... These stories differ. There are okay. different interpretations of the story. It's really hard to find a true, and and this kind of goes into how hard it is to actually discover anything in Copenhagen, or Denmark for that matter, that has to do with anything paranormal. But, 18 what? 1826. Okay. Thoughts on this story in general?
1: Thoughts? 1826 is not long in the history of Copenhagen.
0: It's past the witch trials for sure. Yes. Yeah. It's not even long
1: in American history. Yeah. It is. Yeah. There's fairly modern like news spreading. There's printing happening. You know, it's that's really recent for there to be a witch blamed for something that as far as I mean in 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 my small worldview of this kind of lore of like witchcraft stuff so it makes me wonder a lot about like how long were those explanations being given here a wild animal
0: oh you mean like that? like they're like wild animals loose inside of the house yeah that's like your I don't know position here
1: Okay. I mean, my mind mostly just goes, this is a legend and didn't happen or something else happened and like a conflict of bite people rapple rousing, some, you know, stuff went down at the dinner party that people don't, if it was high society, they don't want to-
0: Their orgy got out of control.
1: Keep like, Whatever it is. Yeah. They don't want to be honest about it. There's really a lot to it. And then they blame it on the neighbor. It was- our orgy got out of control and it was the witch's It's fault. the witch's fault, right? <laughs> I like that. Say orangey. I don't know. What's a high yeah. society doing yeah. or not doing? What I love about it is the that an expression came out of it. Like the devil is loose on Salmon Street. I know that that's in the limited knowledge I have about yeah. this area of the world, I'm I've spent you know, some time with some colleagues this week from this area, and we're just learning a bit about how storytelling and narratives are so important that people
0: will use expressions from these common stories in their own everyday life. I kind of wish you would have been able to ask them about this phrase because I'll be honest, I haven't been able to find it anywhere. It's just like this is part of this legend is that this phrase yeah. came out of it.
1: I know exactly where I would have been asked. You know? yeah. So
0: we'll Back, have Senator to Vassage. if you're Danish, by the way, and you're listening to this, and you're like, oh yeah, you know, my grandma. Mother said (laughs) or We don't really say it nowadays. You know, something like that. Then please Uh send us a message. Let us know stories at (laughs) paranormaloutsiders.com. Let us know if we're like way off on this Please do. We're going to be too. Like the more of these kinds of stories
1: outside of North American culture that we cover, there's going to be cultural elements, historical pieces we just don't have. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Okay. And and there are themes here, right? There's the woman, the learned woman widow across the street who has a Ouija board or whatever the hell it is. Something from the occult, right? Who's going to take the blame for all this? The Danes are, I think, Christian nowadays. It's a, a largely Christian yeah. society. There isn't the whole cross on the on the Denmark uh, flag, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's is, that the, a Pro- is it Protestant? I don't actually even know. So that Catholic or Protestant? I think it's Catholic. But the the cross on the Denmark flag is supposed to be the whole story of this region is that there were two brothers who came down from Iceland to conquer this area. There was, I'm gonna mispronounce these, but there was Dane and Angle. Angle went over and he conquered and created the Anglo Saxons. Dane came over and he conquered this side and became the Danish. Then they went and they started fighting amongst themselves as well and and everything. But during one of those battles, I think they were losing or something, and Dane saw a a figure of the cross, the Christian cross in the sky, and he knew that he would win. And if he did win, then he would have to make it a Christian country.
1: It is official. I didn't know that. The official religion of Denmark is stated in the Danish constitution as evangelical Lutheran. Yeah. And approximately 85% of the population identifies with that today.
0: Right. And that totally makes sense because their flag is literally a cross. Yeah. Anyway, so... A little bit of background on the, on the history of that. So, of course, women who were educated in the 1800s, and, <laughs> shit, nowadays and before, <laughs> are going be, <laughs> to be kind of looked down upon by society because that's just the way that uh, those types of societies work. We know it well as we are both Americans. And, oh, I would, I mean, give them credit today. They're far more egalitarian than where we come from as. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. We also went to Tivoli Gardens recently. And for those who don't know, Tivoli Gardens is a, is a really big amusement park. I think it's the oldest continually running amusement park in the world. And it's what inspired Walt Disney to create Disney World. He came over here back in the day after he had created Mickey Mouse or whatever and started doing cartoons. And he was like, oh, he went to Tivoli Gardens. He was like, I should do one of these. And then he created Disneyland. It's a pretty amazing story there. And it's it's beautiful. It's absolutely a, a gorgeous amusement park. Very cool place. They have it everything kind of decked out for Halloween. Yeah. And, you know, we're walking around with our one and a half year old daughter and they have these like these fake. What's it? What's it called when you're? you're cut in half? Disembod- like, Disembodied. Disembodied. Uh, well, dismembered. Dismembered <laughs> yeah. animatronic babies in the street? Was well, they one that we saw? Two. There were two? There were two. Oh. And people were stopping and watching them and laughing. It kids. was like, yeah, a little Halloween
1: store, a toy you would find in a Halloween store. Yeah. Not toy, a decoration. A decoration. That you would not typically could in the States down. have out during the day that any children, children could see. <laughs> you would have it like at an adult party or like, yeah, most people would. But it was just out and the kids were loving it. Like, loving it. I saw a kid, maybe 10 years old, buying it. Like, you know, and then our daughter looking at it.
0: This this might might seem horrific to our American listeners or to listeners from other countries, but to me, it 100% made sense because I had such a hard time finding anything paranormal to talk about tonight. When it comes to copenhagen in general now copenhagen has ghost walks copenhagen has ghost stories copenhagen has haunted buildings they're all buildings with horrific past. you know in in america it's so hard for us to imagine buildings that are more than 200 years old yeah because we're not that old yeah <laughs> or they were burned the things that were that old were burned down during the civil war yeah. or fell down doing something you know whatever happened happened right during our history They have ancient, ancient buildings. We were sitting across from a building today, and Anna was like, oh, what's that building? And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, it was built in 1610. It was originally the Royal Brewery. You know, I was like, really, you know, 1610. We don't have, the Puritans were just maybe making their way over or thinking about making their way over at that point. America wasn't colonized yet. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. America was not colonized yet. So anyway, coming back to it, They've been around for so long. They've had so many things happen that, yes, every building in Copenhagen that's not modern is probably has a past and probably horrific past. It was used for war. It was used for a hospital during the plague. It was used for whatever, something scary, something that, you know, weaker. It would be interpreted or, as scary, yeah. Or if somebody, you know, if a paranormal investigator was like, oh, that explains why there's so many uneasy spirits here. Whereas I really feel like the Danish kind of treat it more like yeah of course like there are bad things that happen everywhere we come from you know a very we we all know thor right but and odin and we all know that because of the marvel comic universe but those are all based off of real things so everybody in denmark came from this norse mythology and then like many of our ancestors were turned christian for one reason or another norse my- mythology is like inundated with death with war with stamina with all of these themes that we would see with with plagues with all these themes that we would see as something that would cause a spirit to linger or cause it but for them it's like no 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 you If you die in war, you go to Vaha, right? Like you go to heaven, basically, and you get to hang out and drink with your ancestors. But Yeah, different interpretations of human events. Right. Mm -hmm. So coming from that, of course, now that's in the old days, but now they're Christian. But even that, they still look at it in the same kind of sense where it's like, yeah, I mean, bad things can happen in these buildings, but spirits don't linger. Or and, And they also kind of take it, if they do believe they linger, it's more of like a playful idea. Yeah. Or it's more of, that's really cool to think about, but that's not really what's going on.
1: Right. It's also kind of going back to Tivoli Gardens to see a place. And it's like walking into a super charming carnival that then this time of year is decorated like Halloween horror nights. If you've ever, if you know what I'm talking about, it's at like Universal Studios. And we're both Florida. So yeah, like theme parks that do Halloween stuff, but you cannot even, they don't transform the park until after hours, after dark. This This is like if Disney World, did halloween horror nights all day in a, on a smaller scale and i think what you're speaking to is like if if this is a culture where hauntings and but malevolent spirits and paranormal dangerous paranormal activity is not interpret is not taken seriously is not really like believed in it's sort of like that was the past and now we realize that that's not it's not real and they right. see, maybe teach their kids they expose their kids to those things at a younger age where kids are like isn't that funny that zombie baby that's not real yeah like they might have a better understanding of stuff that we tend to shelter people from right when
0: they're kids. children from yeah. yeah 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 no and also i i think there's this ability here specifically to be like there's science and there's religion mm-hmm. those things don't have to be mutually exclusive you can say something like we used to believe in fairies mm-hmm. and dwarves now but now we know that that was the wind that was blowing probably for our ancestors mm-hmm. we know what the wind is now or you know things shift sometimes because of displacement or whatever we know it's not like mythical creatures that are doing you now. it's like yeah it, it's fun to think that our ancestors were clever enough to think of a creative enough to think of something like that but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going on today
1: right they don't see necessarily see and these are generalizations but maybe there's less of a confusion about the coexistence of religion and science and them applying to our lives in different ways. Yes. And not conflicting with each other, right? As much as we tend to
0: have in our culture. Okay. Right. And with that, I'd actually like to jump into some mythological creatures. Please
1: do. So, other paranormal stuff. And so, I don't know that we wrapped up that first story in a tight bow, but then it was fun
0: no because we're not done yet. Okay. Right? We're we're, we're still going. We're still going on this. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the mythological creatures that are recognized in Denmark specifically. Now, these are incredibly close to any Norse-based Norse-based society. I guess might be the way to say it, but some of these are are specific to Denmark in general. Okay. I'm just going to name a couple off here and I want you to tell me which ones you want to you want to dive into a little more. Okay. Okay. Elves, Nokin. Ultra. Trolde. Dwarves.
1: <laughs> I don't, the only one I know is elves, and that last one sounded like dwarves.
0: That's because that's what it is. Okay. Draga. Dragons? Yep. Valravine. <laughs> and that's it. So which ones would you like me to talk more about? Dragons. Okay, dragons. Dragons appear in Danish legends and stories, often as fierce and powerful creatures guarding treasure hordes. These dragons are typically depicted as fire-breathing beasts that heroes must overcome to claim their rewards. Very
1: Very classic. That's classic. Very, very Western. Yeah, Yeah. that's like
0: universal almost. Western. Let me tell you about the Nopkin. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, what is that? Go with it. The Nopkin is a water spirit that lurks in lakes, rivers, and ponds. It is known for its ability to shape-shift and often take the form of a handsome young man or a beautiful woman to lure unsuspecting victims into the water. Once in its grasp, the Noken drags its prey beneath the surface to a watery grave.
1: Well, that sounds
0: very consistent with everything we talked about in the Shapeshifters episode. Yep. Yep. Huldra. Though more commonly associated with Scandinavian folklore as a whole, the Holdra is a forest-dwelling creature that has made its way into Danish tales. She is a seductive and enchanting woman with a hidden, hollowed-out back. If a human man were to see her back, it would lead to his doom. That's
1: curious.
0: <laughs> I kind of, in my mind, I kind of have an idea of what it looks
1: like. I have no, I'm like, what, what, her back is hollow? Sounds disturbing.
0: Yeah. No, that's kind of like, I expected like the whole back to be hollowed out. There's like a hole in her back. Okay. Yeah. What?
1: Uh, that sounds... Like quite a tail.
0: And it looks like most of these do just have holes in their back. I was thinking hollowed out like like something you would see for, as a human woman, she's walking towards you, but if she turned around, like she's concave. Yeah,
1: that's what I was thinking back, too, yeah. her entire back. But this yeah. is, just, is a she's hole like, in her back, a, like a cannonball hole in her back. Well, so how do you not look at someone's back? I mean, this is super hard. <laughs> people look at each other?
0: Yeah, I, it's, it's a man's like going to check out a woman. Oh. like Maybe it's more of like a...
1: Maybe it's more of that.
0: Yeah. Ooh, don't be, we looking at ladies' butts. Don't be well, medieval men. Hey, I
1: have to say, I have not experienced a lot of that this week, but
0: yeah, because they're afraid you're a holdra.
1: <laughs> why? Why do so many behaviors have to have just like a brush of teeth or?
0: Satan will get say
1: you. Satan will get you with your potatoes. <laughs> Is that note? what your parents uh, no. no, no, no. Yeah. No. No. Like, why can't you them? have? Yeah, why can't you have like?
0: That's gonna be our new thing.
1: When you only look women in the eye, the special fairy comes to bless you.
0: <laughs> when Satan wants to talk to you, it's through a potato. And you just gotta deal with it.
1: Okay, well, there was another one, wasn't there?
0: No, you wanna hear the other, okay. Dan. Of
1: course, I wanna hear all the ones I didn't recognize.
0: Val Ravine. And again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, there's a little French I did there. The Val Ravine is a creature from Danish folklore often described as a raven or a wolf that has consumed the heart of a prince. This act transforms it into a humanoid figure with raven-like features. Valravine are known for their cunning and trickery and are said to possess dark and magical powers. Well, yeah, if it's an animal that eats the heart of something and becomes a human, already magical.
1: Yeah, sort of a shapeshifter.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so, very rich history here of cryptids if you will but yeah more just mythological creatures not not really cryptids now some of the things i was able to find on like reddit post and things like that are i did see i saw an elf or i saw a dwarf or i saw you know from copenhagen or from denmark and in general but again no pictures these are all anecdotal there's no pictures for anything and actually pictures like if if you look up any haunted any place that claims to be haunted we did the stanley yeah i had several video Uh, files for you to look at uh, from youtube several instagram posts for you to look at where people thought they saw ghosts i'm going to talk about some haunted places within denmark i looked up every single one of them nothing no post, no pictures, nothing. No tourists, even. No different
1: pictures. Nope. So, what do people just not come here who investigate stuff? Because I no. know there are. There's like
0: Ghost Hunters International. There is Ghost Hunters here in Denmark.
1: Okay, Where do they? What do they do?
0: They They go around with the, EV, the same thing that our people do.
1: Okay, and then they don't post it
0: or share. I mean, it's on YouTube, but I'm not going to sit there and watch a whole episode. <laughs> My point is, is that the length of which you have to go to find any proof uh-huh. is crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the most haunted castles is in Ireland. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But if you simply Google the name of that castle and pictures, guess what comes up? Hundreds, if not thousands of user submitted pictures or social media pictures where people have gone on the ghost tour and have seen ghosts. There's ghost tours in Copenhagen. There's ghost tours at these places in Denmark. So what do you make of that? So, Well, tell me a story. and <laughs> I did a little more research. I want to show you two pieces, and I'll make sure I post these in the show notes. I have two KML files here. KML files are old school ways that you used to be able to use Google Earth to be able to collect data and show different points of interest. One of these, uh, this is by a woman named Deborah Hatswell. It's a culmination of 40 years of research. She started trying to research the British Bigfoot, but it eventually just became a paranormal map where people could kind of report paranormal activity. Oh, neat. Now, you'll notice that there's there. if you just look at the wider area, there are some blind spots or some areas that don't have anything. So it a unicorn in Greenland? Yeah, unicorn in Greenland. Got it. Um, like Africa, some of the northern Africa places don't have Russia. We don't have anything in China. We don't have anything. Makes sense. Also, people just might not know about this. Now, if you zoom in, zoom in in Denmark. I see a whole lot in Europe, a whole lot in the UK, and then Denmark. Denmark and this area. And this all, Denmark? yeah, Norway, Sweden. So Sweden, no, Norway. And yeah, you get to it's a certain point, just nothing. Scandinavian. Now hold on, point. because I, I then I researched other maps. Uh huh. Here's another map. Once again, Denmark, nothing. Yeah. Now, this isn't the most scientific method of collecting right. data there these there are holes here obviously this is uk centric right yeah, there yeah. are so many points in the uk and the united states yeah with that being said though almost every other country in that other one had mm-hmm. in the in the area had a report mm-hmm. but not in denmark okay so with that let's talk about some haunted places in denmark that we have no photos <laughs> denmark with its rich history and folklore has several places that are rumored to be haunted These locations are often associated with tales of ghostly apparitions and supernatural occurrences. Here are some of the most haunted places in Denmark. And this is actually one of the most haunted castles in the world, Dragsholm Castle, located on the island of Zeeland. Dragsholm Castle is one of Denmark's most famous haunted locations. It is said to be the home of several ghosts, including the White Lady, a former resident who is often seen wandering the halls. The castle's dungeons are also rumored to be haunted by the spirits of former prisoners okay so the white lady the white lady standard pretty yeah, standard pretty standard hamishur castle situated in the island of bornholm Hamshire castle is the largest medieval fortification in northern europe it has a reputation for being haunted with stories of ghostly apparitions including a phantom dog that roams the grounds and an eerie sound of clashing swords and cries in the night i don't know if you remember this from stanley there was a ghost dog there, too.
1: Ah, no, I forgot. What
0: would it do? Like, stiff people's crotches or something.
1: It, it says <laughs> I, I don't, know I don't specifically for that. It, but it like, it, lick their it licked or, their hands. It licked their hands. That's what it was. It licked them. I was like, gosh, I hope it's not the cowboy licking. <laughs> oh, yeah, the cowboy. The ghost cowboy.
0: Kornberg Castle, famously known as the setting for Shakespeare's play Hamlet, is said to have its own ghostly presence. It is believed that the ghost of Holger, the Dane, a legendary Danish knight rests beneath the castle and will awaken in Denmark's time of need. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, a protective ghost. The Friars Monastery. There is a Danish word here, and I'm not even going to try. Yeah, I am. OK. <laughs> Grabo Drexlost.
1: The letters aren't even, like, for me. Those are There's an A and an O with a okay. through it. I'm impressed.
0: Uh, because, but, because that you I tried. Mean, because I'm, impressed. I didn't, I'm impressed that you did tried. not get that right. <laughs> this ancient monastery in Copenhagen is rumored to be haunted by the ghost of a former monk. The monastery's eerie ambiance and history have contributed to its reputation as a haunted location. The Church of Our Lady, located in Copenhagen, Kirke, is the Cathedral of Copenhagen and is associated with various ghostly legends. One story tells of a ghostly bishop who is said to roam the church's corridors, and another tale involves the spirit of a young woman who appears on the church's stairs. Mm-hmm. Drabort This historic coastal fort near Copenhagen is rumored to be haunted by the ghost of soldiers who once garrisoned the fort. Visitors have reported hearing phantom footsteps and voices and experiencing an eerie atmosphere within the old stone walls.
1: Other oh, soldiers. More soldiers.
0: Viborg. Cathedral or Vyborg Domkirk. Vyborg Weiburg Cathedral in Jutland is known for its beautiful architecture and is said to be haunted by the ghost of Bishop Tidebra. He is believed to wander the cathedral, occasionally ringing the bells. So, few places here that are known to be haunted. Again, they have ghost tours here. What we don't have is any photographic evidence, <laughs> any recordings. Now, there might be photographic evidence and recordings within those ghost hunting shows that are on youtube uh electromagnetic frequency reading yeah uh, emf readings are going to go off in these old buildings because there's thin walls mm-hmm. there's old wiring mm-hmm. and i think we need to do like um, a special thing on instagram or a special like video on tiktok or something where i think we need to buy an emf reader and i need to like have wire set up and show people what that looks like. oh cool yeah but any emf evp any of that kind of stuff Again, I think photographic evidence for me is more important than those things because those things have yet to be proven to be anything substantial in any kind of scientific community. Especially
1: with ghosts, if the primary way that they are described or identified as visually, you want visual evidence,
0: Yeah, like a photograph. Yep, absolutely. And that seems to be the thing. We want to see ghosts, right? That's what we're here for. <laughs> when you say something's haunted, we need to see that it's haunted. Uh-huh. And for a lot of people, that means something different, like, oh, no, uh, something's haunted. It could just mean that you hear noises or footsteps or whatever. So
1: I had but asked you if you looked at Danish websites, like in Danish,
0: yeah. with the language. It's a very good question. And the answer is 100% yes. I had Google Translate going like a motherfucker up here. And you're in, you're here, so the VPN's correct. You're accessing all the websites. Right. I'm not on a VPN. I'm just or coming the, from the actual yeah. location. You need a Coming VPN. from this location searching in Danish for things like ghost pictures uh-huh. paranormal pictures and the paranormal evidence of those and the names of every single place we wow mentioned. nothing wow I even just went on reddit and looked for yeah anything well that's gonna be the place <laughs> was, there was nothing that's there were stories there were stories there
1: lots are of stories things. yeah and again we I the, what limited knowledge I have of this culture and this region storytelling is it's oral histories. So it's either, in my mind, if you want me to yeah. talk about that, it, not either, but two
0: possible well, explanations. Real, I have... do just want to mention yeah. while we've been here, uh, the weather has been horrendous.
1: Yeah, we were expecting balmy
0: 50s, 60s. Yeah. The whole all in, prep- in preparing and an overcast. That but, that you know, otherwise, you know, whatever. Maybe a little bit of rain, no problem. Barely. It was supposed no, to be. No, we have had gale force winds. Yes. For three, three days, three? sweep you off your feet winds, rain and sleet and snow. Right? Uh, it said snow on my phone, but I think it was sleet or maybe hail. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that being said, yeah, the place we're staying sounded haunted because yeah. there was shit moving around. There was wind blowing through. You know, there's lots of different. There's huge buildings here. It's a it's an international city. It's you know got big yeah. buildings and these are huge new buildings, buildings that are in tunneling yeah. are funneling that wind. Mm-hmm. Making all kinds of noises. These buildings are old. It's crazy, and and the noises these these winds make. So, yeah, I don't trust any EVP in Denmark or in Copenhagen specifically. Okay. I don't trust any recording of disembodied voices because it's probably the fucking wind.
1: I know. If you don't if you don't know where Copenhagen is, look at it on the map. It's between two seas, and it's it's yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're thinking the stereotypes, think of Frozen, where the castle <laughs> is it frozen.
0: Um, so, going back to you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't because we don't have anything to sort of like dig into in terms of evidence that would sort of guide us toward what other explanations might be. I'm more interested in possible explanations for the lack of evidence. And it might be, as we were speaking about, on the one hand, it might be a culture of people who really are have moved more toward rational philosophies and belief systems. Maybe they hold an openness and a possibility for these things, but they really don't necessarily believe anymore. So you're not even. Been going to have an interest in photographing these things I and mean, perhaps even if you go if, if americans were to visit and go on a ghost tour maybe you're being guided by someone who's pretty skeptical and who's sort of like making a joke out of it all we've been on kind of comedy ghost tours before ourselves yeah. and it's fun but you're never going to get that priming, I think, and the expectancy effects that I think you need for people to even perceive a stimuli and take a picture. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that whether it's why, you know, we're lacking photographic evidence from not only Danish people, but also from tourists coming here. And it's just like it's not a culture that's going to lead you to believe these things are true. You're going to go to Tivoli Gardens, and it's going to be treated as a laugh and part of just everyday life in a in a fun way. It's not trying to prime you to believe it. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, I'm going to go the complete opposite direction. Maybe it is believed so much that it's taboo to tempt or lure the spirits by uh, I like that. Post taking pictures or posting it online. Maybe. It's dangerous, or seen as dangerous, yeah. to even make speak of the devil of and tier. Yeah, to maybe to even make light of these stories, or to even question them, to even say I need evidence. I don't tend to think it's that direction because of, as you it's said, bad. balance. least uh, one piece, but it's also the balance of, as you said, with science and religion. That religion has its place in life, science has its place in life, and we don't necessarily mix the two. You don't need evidence for something that's faith. Does so that make sense? Yeah. And whether you don't hold the faith, if you lean more toward evidence, it's you just are like not believing it anymore.
0: You're so just well. that guy.
1: Yeah. And maybe there's a preponderance of that guy in Copenhagen. He's like, no, I'm not gonna even look for ghosts because that's ridiculous. Or I'm, and then on the other side, it's I'm not gonna look for ghosts because of course they're here. They're an intrinsic part of our stories and the way we talk about life. I don't know. We'd have to really interview some Danes. Sometimes.
0: Yeah. The second part of this too, and and kind of goes along with what we're talking about, is one of the other places we visited today that I definitely wanted to get to was uh, Hans Christian Andersen's I just said that in a very Danish way, mm-hmm. Hans Christian Andersen, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, his gravesite. So Hans Christian Andersen was Danish from Copenhagen, or he was buried in Copenhagen. He, for those who don't know, he's basically considered father, if not the grandfather of modern day fairy tales, right? Oh yeah. So he wrote The Little Mermaid. He wrote The Ice yeah, Queen, which is frozen is based on. So he's written a lot of Scandinavian style fairy tales. And I think that speaks in volumes to what we're talking about here as well, that You know this man wrote fiction and everybody knew he wrote fiction yeah they were fairy tales and everybody knew that everybody knew that there wasn't really an ice queen yeah yeah (laughs) but he based them off of norse mythology and christianity and like all of his all the things that he was raised with you know he he had grand grandparents who probably believed a little bit of both you know because their parents probably believed in one thing or the other Mm -hmm. and their parents believed in one thing or the other so I really wanted to visit there, and if you if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see some pictures of us visiting there. If not, follow us on Instagram. But I just wanted to bring that up because it goes with what we're saying, right? This place is the birthplace of a lot of different things. The Danish people, the Anglo-Saxon people, lots of different war technologies, um, hmm. plundering, pillaging, all the things the Vikings did, moving from one faith to another. Um, just think about it that way. There's, there's so much stuff that we take for granted, especially in the States, of kind of where we came from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is this is where we came from. I mean, and and even further back, we came from Iceland. And even further back, we came from who knows? Oh, European settlers into the United right. States. Uh-huh. Right. Sorry. I am not. Uh, I am. You're a white guy. I'm white. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I'm very white. And uh, with the, we were just looking at my ancestry earlier, and it's, I'm basically Irish, French, and yeah. Polish.
1: <laughs> well, you're 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 a person who, when you walk around Copenhagen, people are speaking Danish to you. Oh God, not man. happen to me at all. I do not look.
0: No. Scary, you know. anna got. Uh, Anna's me. very similar to me, but she does have yeah. Sicilian, like she has 24% Sicilian blood. So, yeah. like, yeah, we walk around and get treated very differently. Yeah, uh,
1: but when you look at the numbers, I actually have more Swedish and yeah, that's true ancestry than you do. That's true. Yeah.
0: But yeah, no, I have had people come up to me on the subway and just start speaking Danish. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. They're like, oh, no, that's fine. And then they speak to me in a very clear English uh, speaking dialect. dialect. They're very, very good at that. They, They speak two languages here for sure. Most people do. But anyway, so we take it for granted when we when we think about ghost hunting, all that kind of stuff that goes on. We definitely view it very differently in the United States than than they would here. I feel like. And it's because they've grown up with these stories. I don't know. I, I don't feel like we have that in the States. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just being an American abroad. It's not a monolith either in
1: either place, right? right? That, that should be acknowledged. But there does seem to be a very strong fear of the paranormal here in the United States that Perpetuates the, I don't know, obsession with it. I don't, that, and the more people look into those things or look at the shows or watch, look at the images or tell the stories, they get more and more afraid, but then also more and more like believing in it. And I don't know, I wonder if here it's just, we've heard them since childhood in a way that's like this, like Santa Claus in the United States, where you're gonna get that, you're not even gonna remember not knowing who Santa Claus was until it becomes, oh, wait, that's probably not real. But then with scary things we're going to be protected from them and sheltered a bit and until we're old enough to say like why have i been protected from this stuff it must be real (laughs) really dangerous i don't know yeah that's just where my mind goes with it right
0: now i don't know i've i've had people in my life who have thought they were protecting their children from telling them about santa claus and them that he's he's not real at a very early age Uh because they were too scared that If eventually, when the kids grew up, they would then think that Jesus wasn't real either. Uh, Because that's something that their parents have perpetuated, right?
1: they didn't have the Santa Claus myth in their house. Right. Because they didn't want them to question Jesus later. Right. And they found out that... Yeah, because your parents tell you about
0: Jesus and your parents tell you about Santa Claus. Hey,
1: does that maybe fit in with what we're talking about here?
0: uh, 100%. Yeah. But also, it makes sense to Uh (laughs) extent. Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We're gonna get some fan mail on that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man! If we can get any say anything to get us some fan mail, that'd be great. <laughs> I'll I'll take negative fan mail at this point.
1: I will always. And this was saying that no belief system is better than any other. That as long as it is inclusive of compassion and love.
0: All right. So, from from a psychological standpoint, that's kind of where we're at here. We're looking at. Kind of the background of where everyone's from. Again, no one's a monolith. You can talk from to one Danish person and to another, and I'm sure we'll get they're going to have different stories, different beliefs, different everything, but different upbringings. But I think that's where we're at. And is there anything else that we that you can kind of see here? You know, obviously we've talked about a lot of the stuff before. We've talked about witches. We've talked about Satan or demonic possessions, shifting We talk about demonic possession. Yeah, haven't we? I don't think so. Really.
1: Oh. I don't think we have. Okay. We maybe touched on demonic themes and stuff, but I don't think that you haven't done an exorcism or anything like that. No. Shall we dare go there? Yeah. We really haven't done. I any... don't think so. We haven't done that many episodes. But you guys, tell us, please. What do you? What do you want us to?
0: Man, one of the into? the reason I started this podcast is because of one particular demonic story, and I haven't gotten around to it because I wanted <laughs> to get a little more practice. Yeah, I think it's. I think maybe it's time to do that. it will be. That'll yeah. be the season
1: yeah and i'm still i'm still sitting with a story you started with us us with today because a story like that think about a story like that in the united states we have a whole tourist industry built up around salem and the salem witch trial right like so many of the stories of the witches and quote witches and we even talked about the lore of you know the bloody mary and things like that and i so i wonder here if it's just not even it's like okay we heard about that story but it's not it's not something we want to make money off of it's not something that we want to make light of or it's not something we care about anymore i think we have to talk to some locals and find out yeah mm-hmm. okay okay
0: yeah i think that might conclude what we're what we're going for and that's okay because this is our first episode kind of based upon the lack of any evidence yeah more than anything else mm-hmm any of our other stories we've talked about, we've had pictures, I've always kind of been able to present you something and I just can't do it this time around. Amazing. So it really kind of shortens.
1: <laughs>
0: wah,
1: wah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and plus you're like, Yeah, psychologically speaking, these things don't exist. <laughs> well, as I should say
1: the science science doesn't have the tools to assess these things. And even photographic evidence would still be questionable.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, on that note, then, if you have any ideas or want us to travel any place and take a look at (laughs) a particular ghost, to
1: go to Greenland and look for unicorns,
0: let us know. (laughs) We'll go to Greenland and look for unicorns. If you do have any questions or any comments or anything for us, please write to us at stories at paranormaloutsiders.com. Also, please follow us on Instagram at paranormal.outsiders. I will put all of this in the show notes so you can follow us as we travel and as we do different recordings and as we do different investigations. We'll make sure to post pictures on those events so you can kind of get a little bit of a sneak peek into what we're currently working on. And with that being said, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Bye.